Thank you for joining us on our LWCC podcast. Right now, you're going to hear a message from our senior pastor and founder of Living Word, Pastor Ruben Reyna. Let's jump into our word. I know that uh, Lupe is here. Where's Lupe's sister Lupe? Lift up your hand. Lupe. Hey, there you are. Love you, Lupe. Uh, Rudy, that's Rudy Tobar's wife way back there. And we just appreciate you. We, we miss Rudy just like you do. But he's in heaven. He's over there walking the streets of gold while we're here suffering still. And that's the way it goes in reality. How many have that scripture? Matthew 11, verse 12. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. How many here are violent? Amen. Come on. I'm not talking about physically. I am talking violently in the Lord. Where you pick up your spiritual armor, you get dressed every morning, you pray, and you start seeking the face of God, and then God starts doing something for you because you're well-dressed. You're full of God. You're full of the Spirit of God. You're awake. You're awake. You're not asleep. You're awake. So I want to minister a little bit more on this topic of prayer. I probably did it three weeks ago, but I'm going to go into the second point here, that uh, prayer brings brokenness. Prayer brings brokenness. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for allowing us to be here. I pray your blessing upon your word, and I pray that you will just do something inside of us today. Get rid of the old and bring in the new. Open up our eyes, Father, so that we can see who we are and where we are and where we have to be, Father. In the name of Jesus, I bind every power, every wicked spirit here. I release nothing but your goodness upon us now. In the name of Jesus, just loosen up the atmosphere here, Lord. With nothing but your glory here. We need nothing but your glory. That's what we need. We're tired of the old. We want the new. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen and amen. Amen. I was talking to the guys in the back room. And uh, I think all of us need to realize that we need to be broken before God. If you don't get broken before God, the enemy will break you. I'd rather be broken by God and live in God than to be somewhere else broken by the enemy. And all of us have come out of darkness into this marvelous light, and now we can see clearly. So I want to learn more about that brokenness. That brokenness is what really drives you into the presence of God. But I've noticed that throughout the years that people that are not broken, people that pretend they're spiritually, pretty soon when their trial comes, they leave because it got too hard. They didn't learn the secret of really getting down to God, to down in prayer to God, to be broken before his presence. And they leave. And they, they have that spirit of too soonitis. They don't allow God to take over their lives. See, the lack of brokenness will always keep you away 
And the lack of brokenness, pride will always step in. Because by nature, we are full of pride. How many here know that that's the number one enemy we got is pride? That pride tries to ruin you, tries to destroy you, so that you won't go any further than what God wants you to go. So the enemy uses that weapon against us so that we could stumble and just leave the work of God or just completely leave and be whoever we are going to be out there in the world. So we have to learn how to resist pride. Tell your neighbor, you got to learn how to resist pride. Sometimes we're so full of pride that we don't even know it. We don't even know it. It's like a donkey not knowing that he does that noise. You know what noise? How are you? Okay. So we got to get rid of that donkey spirit that wants to kick back or kick somebody else because they told them something to do, they told them what to do, and they didn't want to do it. And here is where you're tested. But when you're broken before God, it doesn't matter because you want to do everything that God wants you to do, and you want to just live a life of humbleness and be a servant to others. Are there things that, are there people that are abusive? Yeah, there are people that are abusive. But when you're full of God, you just... Treat them as babies and put them aside and move on. Because that's all they are, is babies. You know, babies cry when they go poo-poo. <laughs> babies cry when they get pinched. Babies cry when you don't put the diaper right. Well, that was the Old Testament. You just stick a needle on them without wanting to. But we sometimes are babies. And it's all right to be a baby, but don't stay there for 20 years. Because then you become a giant baby. And if you stay there for 40 years, you turn into a Goliath full of pride. So you don't want to be there. Tell your neighbor, you don't want to be there. See, there's something about prayer that brings you into sensitivity. When you spend time with God alone, you start repenting for things you thought you didn't have. There's something about the Holy Spirit that will always pinpoint who you are, where you're headed, and what you're lacking. And then you start confessing. There's been many times in my life that I kneeled down and I didn't even know what was following me. I didn't know what jumped me. I didn't know what hit me mentally. I didn't know what I was carrying. But the minute I knelt down, I started feeling that presence of God come on me and saying to me, confess. I said, to confess what? Then he pinpoints the area, he pinpoints the area and tell you, this is what's wrong. You mistreated that person. You gave him a, a dirty look. Or you just plain tripping. And now you gotta open up to me so I can cleanse your soul. There's nothing like having a good cleansing. It's just like your dirty clothes when you smell them all sweaty. Then you throw them in the washer and you wash them. You put a lot of liquid in there and you let it go for about 30 minutes and you throw them in the dryer. And by the time you pick them up, they smell good. I don't know about you, but prayer makes you smell good before God. It makes you, prayer makes you. 
smell good because you, you got rid of your dirty life inside. But there's something about confession that makes you feel good when you speak it out. But if you are not pinpointing the area, you will never confess anything. But his presence is so awesome that you start re reacting to what's going on with you. And then your attitude, you might have been tired or you might have been weary or you, you might have been plain mad. And when you kneel down, all of a sudden, your attitude begins to change. Begins to change and you start feeling like a little baby. And then all of a sudden, you start asking God for forgiveness. Asking God for forgiveness. Because now it's between you and God. It's not in front of the whole church. It's in your closet. It's in your closet. And you go in before God and pretty soon you start confessing every single thing that's in your soul. Even things that you thought weren't in there. You start confessing them. Start pulling them out. By the time you walk out of your closet, you have already felt the forgiveness inside of your soul. That you, you get up with a different frown. You, you get up with that joy. You put a little smile in your face. You could have been fighting with your wife and then God tells you, go pray. And then all of a sudden it leave, lifts you and you go to your wife and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I acted like a fool. Or maybe it was your wife acting like a fool. And she goes to prayer and comes back and tells you, I'm sorry, honey. I wanted to kill you last night, but, <laughs> but, but you made it. You made it through the night because I was praying. I was praying. See, the presence of God is the only thing that makes a change. This building cannot change you. I cannot change you. But when you start walking with God, then you allow God to change you yes, and to make you into another person. The reason why you're still making it is because you found the key of prayer and you don't want to throw that key away. Man. You can throw away everything else, but you can't throw that key away because that key is what makes you who you are and fills you up with the Holy Spirit and revives your soul. It just revives your soul. So the presence of God brings brokenness and surrender. Brokenness and surrender. <clears throat> so the person that God is about to break, he has to be whole, complete. Complete. David was a little boy that was out in the field. David, David, David knew God his own way. But as he was out in the field, he was just taking care of sheep. I don't know if you've ever been around sheep, but they're annoying sometimes. And they poop everywhere every little while. So the shepherd has to keep moving them. The shepherd has to be kind to them. And even the little babies that are born there, he has to take those little babies and hold them in his hand and rock them a little bit so he can know him and bond with them and give them back to the mother. And, and, and he learns how to there be with the animals. Now, that is an awesome thing that even the animals know when a person cares. Even the animals know who is taking them into green pastures. Those little animals, they, they follow because they know that they care. They're being cared for. And when they're being cared for, means that they're feeling the love of God going through a man into, into, into them. So sometimes people are evil to animals. I was evil to animals. How about you? I mean, I was evil to animals. Now I, I just love animals. And human beings too. <laughs> so God was making... <laughs> 
David whole while he was there exercising with animals, making him sensitive to every single thing that God had created. He knew the pastures where to take them. He knew how to drive them there and they would be fed. And those animals were happy and they would look up to him because he was a man that was a good little shepherd boy. If you can just imagine him being a young man and he's there with a staff and he's just leading those sheep. That's all he's doing. He's, he's not preaching. He's just leading them. He's not, doing, he's not doing kingly things. He's just leading them. God can get you when you're doing simple little things because everybody wants to be here. You ought to be doing simple little things for people and God will lift you up. He will see that you're a person that really cares. You see, a lot of people think, well, you know, I do things for, for people and they don't care. Listen to me. Do it because you care for them, but do it because he's looking. And, and when he's looking, he will pick you up and bring honor to you because you're taking care of people. It's like maintenance in your wife. She needs maintenance. You know, I mean, that's an ugly word to you. She needs love. Okay. I rolled my eyes again. So anyway. So she needs maintenance. What kind of maintenance? A woman likes to talk. Let me say it again for the ladies. A woman likes to talk, man. Amen. She loves to talk. If you could just sit down and just hear her for an hour. <laughs> She's not asking for your opinion. <laughs> she is not asking for anything. She's just asking... Give me your ear, cabezón. Give me your ear. Just, just give me your ear so I can talk to you. And, and let her talk and let her express herself and, and let her get it out. And, and here's the button that you have to listen to. When she goes, <sighs> that means she's done. That means you, 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 you did your duty. Now you can change the conversation without her getting mad. See, we don't, we as men, we don't pay attention to them. You, you got you to gotta pay attention to them. You think it's all love and all that. No, a woman, she needs all that, but a woman needs an ear to hear. Have you ever noticed when the women get together, they're loud. <laughs> they are talking like crazy. Have you noticed that? They, they, they seem like a herd of chickens. <laughs> I said, it seems. I didn't, I didn't say they are. And, and then they, they come back and they come back home happy. Happy that they, don't, they had such a good time. They, they came back refreshed, you know. And they're different. I don't know why I threw that in, but it was good. <laughs> Here is the thing that we have to deal with. Number one is... Getting rid of our pride. Amen. Pride is a, it's called independence. Being independent of God. Because you can do everything. And as Christians, we need to learn how to depend on God because he is our source. He's everything to us. But pride is, is a terrible thing of independence. That's what the enemy did. The enemy got independent, and he thought that he could be like God. And that's where pride came from, from the devil himself. So remember, pride comes from the devil. Pride comes 
from our own nature, where the devil can hear pride and he can latch on because he's the master of pride. And then he starts devouring you. He starts devouring you. Now listen to this scriptures I want to quote in Psalms 101 verse 5. He that has a proud heart will not suffer or will not endure. Psalms 138 verse 6. The proud knoweth afar off. In other words, we know the proud afar off. Proverbs 6, 16. These are six things that the Lord hates. Yea, the seventh are an abomination of him is a proud look. A proud look. You know, we had that in the world. Cuba, what? 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 That was dumb. That's why we got beat up sometimes. <laughs> Psalms 8, verse 13. Pride do I hate, God said. Proverbs 16, verse 5. Everyone that has a proud heart is an abomination to the Lord. Proverbs 16, verse 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Proverbs 2, 21, verse 4, a proud heart is sin. Isaiah 2, 17, the pride of man shall bring him low. God will resist the proud, James says, 4, 6. God has condemned pride. So God wants us to not be proudful. I'm reminded of uh, Hitler's assistant. They asked him, was, was your master proud? Oh, he says, just a little bit. He, says, uh, he said, when we went to a baptism, he wanted to be the baby. When he went to a funeral, he wanted to be the corpse. And when he went to a wedding, he wanted to be the bride. But he was a little proud. So pride can destroy relationships. But not only can it destroy the relationship, it could destroy your relationship with God. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and begins to convict you and tells you pray, and you don't pray, you get worse. And then he tells you again, pray, and you get worser. And then pretty soon, by the time you get here, all of a sudden you're fighting with everybody. Because now all your frustration that you had, you kept inside. Prayer taps into the kingdom of God and you release all that garbage that's inside of you. You just get it out of you. And you come out of that prayer room broken because you know you were a fool. You know you were an idiot. You know you were everything that was bad. But there God finds you and says, you know what? I can deal with that pride. I can heal you from that pride if you just allow me to heal you. So God wants to heal us. You don't have to walk around, you know, depressed, oppressed, and demon-possessed. You can walk around with a smile in your face, with glory all over you, and you can lift up your hands and say, God, here I am. I just love you so much, and I just need you so much. I just want to fill my life with your presence. I want to see revival in my heart. I want to see my children revive in their hearts. I want to see everything that you have for all my future. I want to see that you made an impact on all my kids, in all my household, in everything that I do. 
How many here have ever acted stupid? Now, let me put it this way. When you were aggressive, stupid, proud. And how many here ate all that stuff up? When you found out you were wrong, you felt bad. And there you are, you're humbling yourself. I'm so sorry that I acted that way. You should have taken care of that in the prayer room. You should have taken everything before God before you caused all the trouble. And you call yourself a Christian, but you're still running around wild with all this craziness inside of you instead of seeking God and taking all that pressure right out of you. How many here work out? I'm not talking about picking up the fork. You work out. You know, how long does it take to really get some muscles? It takes a long time. And to really get you strong, you know, where you can run and you can have, you know, you can run for miles. And you're, it takes a while. The same way in prayer, it takes a while. You don't see things happen right away. But the minute you start praying, things start moving. Man. Things start changing. Once you spend four, five, six, seven, eight weeks in prayer and, and, and asking God for everything, then all of a sudden your stamina comes up, your energy comes up. All of a sudden you see God's hand moving. Why? Because you were exercising, 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 exercising to see the mighty hand of God move. David was out on the field, and yet David, God knew that he was going to become a man. God knew he was going to become a man. But David was knowing the principles of God in prayer that was going to help him in all his mistakes. In all of his mistakes. Listen to me. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. But if we, if we want to make less mistakes, we have to learn how to be close to God. Close to God. Because once we're close to God, we become sensitive. We don't want to do what's wrong. We don't want to offend Him. We don't want to become chaotic people. We want to be people that... Allow God to be proud of what we do. Amen. That we're not hurting God's people. So David was already a king. After being a shepherd, after conquering that big old Goliath, now he's a king. He's a king. But now he's got power. He got prestige. He's got everything in his, in his hands. But now he has to learn how to manage it. He was a great warrior. He was destroying people all the time. Different tribes destroying them because they were evil and bringing peace to Israel. But one day, David got up there on that platform and decided to stay home and kick back and not pray, just be a loogie-loo. They say that in this porch, he looked down and there was Bathsheba taking a, a, a bath. Men haven't changed. But he should have been prayed up. He would have never been there. Amen. He should have been prayed up and said, you know what? I'm not going there. Or at least turn around and say, run, baby, run. Yes, but he kept on looking. How many know when you keep on looking, you're becoming like Elvis Presley. You're nothing but a hound dog. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I'm talking. <laughs> But if the disciplines of God would have been, I'm going to go pray, I'm going to sanctify myself and let God do whatever he's going to do, I'm going to do it and bring honor to him. But he didn't. But God knowing, he had to train him in that too. He had to make his mistakes. 
so that he can now get down on his knees and get back to where he belongs. Because sometimes we go so far because everything goes good that we forget where we started and how God wants us to be. And we forget we forget him completely. We forget about praying. We forget about seeking. And then, then you say, why am I in trouble? Because your disciplines are off. Amen. You weren't what you used to be. And now you're, you're somebody else. You allowed yourself to slip into darkness instead of slipping into God. God wants you to be right there all the time. Listen, when you feel that, it's time to get the lion roaring inside of you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek the face of God. I am fighting some battles that I cannot win, but I am coming back to the presence of God. I'm going to defeat that demon. I'm going to defeat that power. I'm going to loosen up heaven so that heaven can take care of everything for me. But he didn't. And God had to discipline the man. Discipline him completely. To the point that even his own sons turned against him. When you do things wrong, don't expect that you're not going to reap them. You're going to reap it. You got to stop right away and stop. And say, I'm not going to reap all this nonsense. I'm going to take care of myself, take care of my family, take care of whoever I got to take care of. But I want to take care of me, number one, first. And then God's grace came on him when he was broken when he was of a contrite heart, when he repented totally, all of a sudden God said, okay, I'm going to restore to you. But then you're going to have to reap what you destroyed. Yes. But I'm going to give you the energy. I'm going to give you the power so that you can bless and be a blessing to them and take care of them. And some of them didn't come through because of that one seed. Let me tell you something. Think before you do and pray before you do Know the consequences, that there is always consequences, but greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. He will lift you up and put things where they belong. Come on, if you're going to clap, clap. Yeah, clap. Hallelujah. <clears throat> One thing is that we cannot have pride inside of us. We cannot have pride inside of us. The Holy Spirit is there to guide us. He has a mind, a heart, and the spirit inside of us. He dictates things to us and tells you when things are going to go wrong and tells you to prepare and tells you to pray before they ever happen. But you're in it. And I want to say, God, his love is just amazing. It's amazing. He knows from the beginning to the end. He knows where you started and where you're going to end up. And he is amazing, amazing. I talked to Rudy, Pastor Rudy Tobar that passed away two weeks ago. I went to see him and I saw him there. And he was thinking negative. And I told him, Rudy, 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 man, listen to me. Listen to me. You have been a great testimony. I said, remember when you were at church with me and you sat on the second row and you came in with your mother and you told your mother, why did you tell the pastor about me? He said, yeah, I remember. I said, Rudy, she didn't tell me nothing. It was God convicting you. And you were fighting with your mother in the front row. I said, God was convicting you, throwing the, pulling all the covers from you. I said, that is your journey. God made you into a man of God. You ended up 
planted in several places, and then you said you had a desire to go to, to uh, Russia, and you went to Russia. You touched people. You were, you were from East L.A. You were a dolphin. You were a drug addict. You were a nobody. And all of a sudden, you became a somebody. And then God put it in your heart to go to Russia and to learn Russian, to write Russian, to eat with the Russians, and to love the Russians. And that's your, that was your destiny. That was your destiny. And you did a great job. That's why the Bible says, if there be any virtue, think of these things, the good things that you've done, because the only thing that you're going to receive in heaven is the good things that you have spread, the good things that you have accomplished, the good things that were in God's will. I said, right now, Rudy's over there with Stella, over there with all the people that we lost. She's probably already giving him a tour and saying, look at this. He doesn't feel nothing. He's in paradise. Yeah, he's in paradise. <clears throat> but we forget that we're just pilgrims passing through. Amen. This home is not our house. This is a temporal house. The glorious house is in heaven. Hallelujah. Can you imagine all of us getting there in the rapture? When God pulls us out because it's soon now. You're looking at everything that's going on. It's soon. This, this war that's taking place it's the first war. That's not even Armageddon. That's just going to be a war. But can you imagine? I believe God's coming for us. We got to be prayed up and sensitive to him, knowing that we're going to disappear one of these days. And when we disappear, glory to God, man. We'll be giving high fives to everybody in the air. Boom, boom, boom. You made it. All of that. Boom, boom. I didn't believe you made it. Boom. And to get to heaven and those pearly gates opened up. <laughs> then you walk in the streets of gold. You're not envious of nothing. All your ambitions is nothing. That's God's kingdom. You're not greedy. You're not stealing. You can't steal. You don't want to steal because now you are who you, who you will be. In the future, that's who you are. So... We got a lot to live for. We got a lot of hope. We're just passing by. Enjoy, enjoy the trip. Amen. But enjoy it on your knees. Listen to me. You cannot have spring on your knees. A one-minute prayer. Boing. That's the way a lot of people pray. And I'm not talking that you have to pray on your knees, but it's part of it. You could walk. You could spend time with God. You could get rid of yourself. And you can make it. Tell your neighbor, you can make it, neighbor. Tell the other one, because that one's deaf in the other ear. You can make it, neighbor. You got to make it. You got to make it. Why? Because we're called. Because God washed us with his precious blood. Because God is going to do great things for us and to accomplish great things for us, but we have to give ourselves to him. If you're a man of prayer, you're going to treat that wife so beautiful. Let me say it again. If you're a man of God, you're going to treat that lady really beautiful. She, she doesn't want diamonds maybe once in a while. You know. 
I've seen a lot of ladies in church, they're praising God with their diamonds. Hallelujah. 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 What is that showing me? It's showing me that a man cares for that woman. And she's satisfied. Some ladies like diamonds. I mean, all the ladies like diamonds. Some like little diamonds, some big, big old rocks, but they like diamonds. What did I say that for? <laughs> because you're treating her well. You're treating her well. Treat her well. And she will be a blessing to you all the time. Until you get old, wrinkled and everything that you're hardly walking and you're holding hands. That baby was with you when you were all too savage and uh, you were all crazy. And that woman put up with you till the end. Till the end, she put up with you. So stop being stupid, man. That was the end of my message. Love the one you're with. Love the man that you're with because you might lose him one of these days. He might say goodbye. But you've done everything good that you could to do because of God's presence. It's so awesome. So awesome. Listen to me. Stella left me jewels. I call it my, my, my five kids that she left me now, or four or five. Okay. How many is there, Brenda, four? Five, okay. Thank you, Brenda. Amen. I thought you were lifting up your hand to get saved. That's, that's good. <laughs> but she told me one day, she says, look it, you're going to pastor, you pastor. I'm going to pastor my home. Oh, I didn't get it at the time, but I got it after. Since I got five kids that I got to raise. And I'm going to raise them. You do what you got to do. I'll help you on the side. But you just, I'm taking care of this flock. And today I walk around and I look at all my grandkids. Flocks, you know. Beautiful kids. My heart goes, Wow. How beautiful thing to have a woman that prays and has the wisdom of God to do things. And you don't realize it until we wake up towards the end. <laughs> and it's a joy. Ladies, you are a blessing to that man. Men, you are a blessing to that lady. Even though you are a lot of trials, you're a trial sometimes, and that lady puts up with you. Amen. You got a good lady. She puts up with you. Thank you, ladies, for putting up with that Amen. man that you're, that you're hooked up to. Don't trade him in. There is no trading in. Unless he walks away. Or she walks away. Learn how to pray. Those that pray will never stray. Amen. Those that have had a touch from, from God, even though you get mad, you threw your tantrums, you made mistakes, all that stuff you did, you're still here. 
Because God won't let you go. He's got a corral blocking you. You can only go so far. And it begins to draw you back. Don't live a life of dryness where there is no beauty of His presence. Don't live there. Live in a place where His presence is so beautiful that you're so satisfied. Nothing satisfies you but Jesus Himself. Come on. Nothing satisfies but only Jesus Himself. Let's get rid of that pride, that arrogance. Let's get rid of all that. Let's be like little children towards God. And yet, let's be adults taking care of our business and being what God wants us to be. Close your eyes. I want to pray for all of you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you.